It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you here. Today on the show, lawyer Francis Jackson. Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans' disability benefits and Social Security Disability Benefits. He's a founding partner of Jackson McNichol. He most recently appeared as a guest of, the ben, uh, of ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show discussing benefits for veterans and Social Security Disability Benefits and how his practice allows him to make a difference in the lives of people facing disability. Francis has been featured on Fox, ABC, CBS, NBC, network affiliates around the country. He's also been quoted in USA Today and is listed in Cambridge's Who's Who. Francis was honored by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors with a Quilly Award for his contribution as a joint author to the best-selling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's right to veteran disability compensation. In 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted into America's most trusted lawyers for his outstanding work in disability law. For more information, check out VeteransBenefits.com, VeteransBenefits.com. Francis Jackson, welcome back. Thanks so much, Bert. It's always a pleasure. Well, good. I'm excited to have you on the show, as always. Um, I I just, you know, uh, I I constantly brag about the work that you guys do. I I, I think that uh, it's unfortunate that uh, your services are so needed, but I'm so grateful you're out there helping our brave men and women. And so I want to kind of jump into this and and just, um, what do you call it, just ask you a bunch of questions. You know, it's interesting enough when, when I get out there and I talk to people, uh, some of, a lot of the questions that I get are probably some of the same questions that you get, so I thought we'd have some fun and just talk about some of the most common questions that uh, that are probably asked, if that's okay. Sounds good to me, Bert. All right. So let, let's start with this. What kind? What kinds of cash benefit does the VA provide for veterans with medical problems? So, Bert, the uh, the way it works, the VA has two separate programs uh, that they um, can use to provide cash benefits to veterans with various medical problems. Uh, one of those programs is called the uh, pension program. The other one is called uh, service compensation for disability. And those are the, uh, those are the two. Um, in addition, as, as you may have heard, um, there are some other situations where the VA can provide cash. For example, uh, folks who are attending school on the GI Bill, uh, depending on various factors, may be eligible for a uh, stipend to live on, that sort of thing. But the primary uh, benefits for medical problems are either pension or service-connected compensation. Gotcha. All right, let me ask you this. What is the difference between, the, between a VA pension and a VA disability compensation? I'm glad you asked that because that's, that's one I get asked a lot, Bert. The way it works is this. Um, If you're familiar with Social Security, you may know that they have 
two different benefit programs. There's the uh, the Social Security Disability Insurance Program that we all pay into out of every paycheck. And there's also the SSI program, which is uh, a means-tested program for people who essentially have no other resources. And VA has kind of a similar setup. Their pension program is for veterans who are disabled and served in a time of war. And by a time of war, uh, the VA includes World War II, and we, we still have a few folks who are uh, clients who are uh, getting benefits for their service in World War II. Um, and there's also the Korean conflict in, uh, in the 50s. Most of the cases that we see right now are still from the Vietnam era. Generally speaking, people who uh, had service in the military between August 5th, 1964, May 7th of 1975, and the uh, Vietnam era has a kind of a, a little special provision. Um, you may remember that uh, President Kennedy uh, actually committed uh, U.S. Special Forces there uh, earlier, and so if you were the one of the folks who actually served in-country in Vietnam between February 28, 1961, and August 5, 1964, you are eligible as well as the folks who served in the, the general 64 to 75 period. And finally, um, the, uh, the current period, uh, known as the Gulf War period, started August 2, 1990, and continues and will continue until such time as there is a presidential proclamation determining that that period has come to an end. So to quickly recap, it's mostly a benefit for Vietnam, benefit, Vietnam era veterans or folks who have served from 1990 forward. But to talk a little about what it is, um, the, the important thing to know about pension, in addition to knowing that you have to have served in a period of war, is that it doesn't require that you show that your current medical disabilities are connected to your service. And we'll talk about the difference between that and compensation, but that's an important thing. And so um, anyone who served during a period of war, and, and that doesn't mean served in combat, it means served in the military between those dates, is eligible uh, if they're totally disabled to uh, get uh, pension benefits. And that's roughly equivalent to about uh, a 60% service-connected benefit. So it's around 1900 a month. They, they adjust it each year, but it's, it's right around there currently. So that's pension. Service-connected compensation works differently. For service-connected compensation, you have to show that the condition that you have is somehow connected to your service. Um, you, know, you hurt your back in the service, uh, you broke your leg in the service, and now uh, you're having a lot of trouble with arthritis in that leg. Um, you, know, you became depressed while you were in the service, and that's continued. There are all kinds of, of possible medical causes. But the critical thing to know about service-connected compensation is you have to show that it's service-connected. And right. so that's the, uh, that's the key thing. The other, the other thing about service-connected compensation versus pension Pension just requires that you show that you're disabled. 
it's like Social Security. You're disabled or you're not. If you're disabled for pension, you automatically get the same amount as everybody else is on pension. With service-connected compensation, it works quite differently. Every medical condition that you can think of is either in the VA schedule of benefits uh, or it uh, is rated by comparison to whatever the VA thinks is the is the closest kind of problem that's in the, that's in the schedule of benefits. So with VA service-connected compensation, you can have a number of different conditions that are service-connected. They can range in terms of the rating, anywhere from 0% up to 100%. And it's a question of, of uh, getting all of your different medical conditions that are related to service rated and then um, put into the combined rating table. So for example, if you had uh, two ratings of 60%, one, one for your heart, one for something, one for your back with intervertebral uh, disc syndrome, for example, even though those are two 60% ratings, and you would think that would add up to at least 100, uh, it doesn't actually work that way. The VA has a combined ratings table and 60 and 60 would actually work out to 80 percent, but it doesn't. That's that's not really critical. The point is that you can have multiple conditions all rated, and the VA then sweeps them into this combined ratings table and gives you an overall rating. And a couple of other things that are sort of important to know about it: the VA recognizes that the table doesn't necessarily really cover every possible permutation for every condition. So they have kind of a, a fallback that's called extra scheduler rating. And what that means is you can go outside the rating table and get a higher rating for a particular condition than the table allows if you can show that your condition is more serious than what's contemplated in the table. And the um, the other piece that's of real importance to a lot of vets is even if you don't add up to 100 on the combined ratings table, and most people don't, there is an alternative called total disability based on individual unemployability, or TDIU or IU. Um, and the significance of that is that even though you may have a rating of uh, as low as 60 or 70%, if the VA determines that your service-connected condition is so severe, despite having less than 100% rating, that it prevents you from working, then they can give you TDIU and pay you at the 100% rate. And the 100% rate now for a veteran and wife is right about $4,000 a month. And as I say to clients, oh, won't get rich on that, but you can live on it. So, you know, it's... Uh, it's a better benefit than Social Security disability for most people, if you're eligible. So those are the those are the two uh, big ones, and those are the differences. So let me ask you this, and, and I, I'm pretty sure I, I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So if you are uh, receiving VA benefits, it doesn't stop you from receiving. Social Security benefits, correct, or vice versa, right? 
Well, uh, there are a couple little wrinkles to that. If you're getting uh, SSI benefits and then you get uh, Social Security disability benefits, because, uh, sorry, if, if you're getting um, SSI benefits and then you get VA service-connected pension, um, they, they do offset each other. Uh, you you uh, will get a dollar-for-dollar dollar reduction in your uh, SSI benefit for any um, service-connected compensation. But as you were saying a moment ago, that doesn't apply to service-connected compensation and Social Security disability. Those You can collect both of those. But um, with SSI, there's an offset, and the same happens with pension. If you if you're getting pension benefits from the VA and you then uh, go on Social Security, you will see your, your uh, pension benefits reduced dollar for dollar. So it's, it's only the combination of the uh, Social Security disability benefits and the uh, veterans' uh, service-connected compensation that, that don't offset each other. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Real quick. How does a person apply for their benefits? Well, it used to be that you could pretty much uh, write something on the back of a napkin and send it to the VA saying you wanted benefits, and they would have to treat that as a claim. But um, in this age of computerization, the, uh, the VA now insists that you use their particular form you can go on their website, www.va.gov, and download the form. And there are, there are two kind of generally applicable forms. If you are uh, applying for the first time, you've never made a claim, you need to file form 526EZ. Um, and I'm sure that was some clever bureaucrat's uh, idea of... Uh, how to convey that they've made the form simpler, but uh, the, the form, form is called 526EZ. Um, the, um, for, for those who have applied before uh, and either have uh, benefits or not, doesn't matter, um, to reapply for a, a condition that you applied for before or turned down, the, uh, the form you have to use now is the form 21-0995. And that's a form that lets you go back and essentially reopen a prior claim that was considered by the VA and turned down. And you can do that uh, most easily by just printing off the form and filling it out and sending it to the VA. You can do it online, but um, it's a little clumsy. It, it, I, I don't want to discourage people from doing it. You can. It's just it's a little clunky, but you can, you can make it work. So that's, uh, that's how you apply. And one other thing uh, that may be important for our listeners to know, if you apply and the VA thinks that you've used the wrong form or you've left out something that makes the form incomplete or something like that, they have an obligation to contact you and tell you what the problem is and give you the opportunity to fix it. Wow, that's... Uh... That's great. <laughs> well, trying to think what else to say. I'm like, wow, that's like the government trying to help be helpful. <laughs> Theoretically, <laughs> they, they try to be helpful to vets. 
Oh, bless their hearts. Okay. You know, it's just too bad they don't do that for all the different forms the government puts, puts out, right? That, that would be nice. Um, all right. So, okay. So, let's, go, let's say I go online or I mail it in and I, I apply for benefits. What can I expect? How long does it take to get my VA benefit? Well, that's the $64,000 question, as the fellow used to say. But um, my experience has been that, that VA benefit applications fall into one of two categories. If you have a condition that the VA can easily see, they'll go ahead and rate it, and it shouldn't take very long. Usually it's a matter of six months or less. But if you have a more complicated case, let, let me give you an example. Say you were in Afghanistan, and you're driving along in your Humvee, and one of these improvised explosive devices, IEDs, blows up and puts your Humvee into space, and you get your left foot blown off. Okay. Now, the VA can see that your foot is missing. No problem. They will rate that. They will get you your benefits relatively quickly, like I said, typically six months or less. But if you're the guy in the back of the Humvee who comes back from that, that experience where he lost two of his good friends and another one got his left foot blown off, and you're permanently depressed after that, the VA may have a much harder time recognizing that your depression is related to this incident with the Humvee. And they may turn you down. They may make you appeal, uh, reapply. You know, those things can drag on for a long time. It depends largely on what kind of an evaluation you get if you have what's called a compensation and pension exam um, done by the VA, if the, if the doctor agrees that your depression really is related to uh, being uh, blown up in the Humvee and that uh, that's, the, that's the cause of your current problem, then you're probably in pretty good shape for benefits. If, on the other hand, the doctor says, yeah, you know, Jones got shaken up, but I don't really see that he's, he's uh, you know, got uh, serious depression. I see where he started drinking a lot, but, you know, lots of people in the military drink, and that's no big deal. Um, you know, if you get a report like that, odds are you're going to be in for it for a while. You're, you're going to have to appeal and maybe reapply and generally go through the process. So the long answer to your short question is that nobody can really tell how long it will take you to get benefits. We've had benefits awarded in a matter of a few months. We've had other people who have claims that have not been completely adjudicated uh, after a decade or more. That's, that's not common. I, I want people to know that, but it can happen. And usually what that's about is a particular um, level of claim. Usually, you can get claims um, connected to service in a, you know, a relatively short period of time. I, I hate to even use that word in connection with VA because if you have to appeal to the Board of Veterans Appeals, for example, it will probably take you three years to get a hearing. 
So, you know, that's not exactly happening fast, but but you might well get granted right then. Uh, other people get their claims remanded, they get denied again, they have to go back up. It can drag on for literally years. I, I don't want to discourage people because the, the good part about the system is that the way it's set up, your benefits run from the time you filed the claim. So as long as you do it carefully and meet all the appeal deadlines and so on, uh, when you finally get granted, it will go all the way back to the date you applied, even if that's 10 years ago. And, you know, that means that you'll get 10 years worth of benefits, which can be quite a chunk. But, um, you know, there's, there's just no... Um, there's no yardstick that I can give you for, for right. how long these things take. They they take as long as they take, and sometimes that's short, and sometimes it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and like you said, when it's a simple claim, that using the the foot analogy, that that makes sense. That that makes sense. You know, some of these other, I'll say unseen afflictions you know are obviously going to take a little bit longer i think that the va has made great strides in the last decade as far as observing and honoring mental illness because for a while there that was unheard of i mean they, they just brushed it aside that's right bert they they, they really have um, come a long way and I, I, to their credit, I would have to say that the the PTSD specialists at the VA probably collectively know more about PTSD than anybody else in the world. They have really, really uh, focused in on that problem because it's such a frequent problem for combat vets, and they they really have done a, a very good job of creating treatment programs and and also um, they're, they're coming along with compensation. I, I won't say they're there yet, but they're, they're doing a lot better than they used to. Right, absolutely. All right, so let's talk about the spouse. Um, can a spouse get benefits of a veteran who is now deceased? Well, it, it's... Um, it's a little more complicated than that. They can get benefits based on the fact that they have a spouse who was a veteran under certain circumstances. It, they, what One common misconception that I run into, uh, you probably know that in Social Security, if husband and wife are getting Social Security benefits and one of them dies, the other spouse can get the higher benefit doesn't work that way with VA. Um, Say, for example, that you were a uh, Vietnam veteran and had recently been approved for TDIU and uh, you're getting your 4,000 bucks a month for you and your wife, um, and you die. She is not going to get $4,000 a month. What she can get is uh, one or both of two things. If she is found to be eligible for what the VA calls dependency and indemnity compensation, 
And that's such a mouthful, everybody just abbreviates it DIC. But what it means is if the government took away your spouse by uh, giving them a condition that ultimately kills them, then the VA is responsible for providing you with a monthly stipend, um, and they do that. It is not going to be a huge monthly stipend, but it will be money every month. In addition, the other benefit that's potentially available is what the VA calls accrued benefits. And what that is, you remember in our earlier discussion, I was pointing out that if you make a claim and it's ultimately granted, the benefits go back to the date it was granted, or so the date it was filed. Um, if your spouse had one or more claims pending when they died, the VA lets you step in and pursue those claims, and assuming that the claims are eventually granted, you can get the benefits that your veteran spouse should have had had the claim been granted. So, you know, if, if, uh, if at the time of the veteran's death, he had a claim that was pending for five years, and it's now just been remanded by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, and the regional office grants it, and there's $50,000 in back benefits accrued, the spouse is eligible to get that money. Um, so it's one or both of those things. They can get DIC, they can get accrued benefits, they can get both. Sometimes, sadly, they're not eligible for either. But um, that's, that's the way it works. The, the, uh, the other piece is uh, with pension. If um, your spouse was uh, receiving a pension from the VA, and we talked a little about the, the distinction between uh, pension and uh, disability compensation, but if your spouse was getting a pension or even was eligible for getting a pension and hadn't, uh, hadn't gotten it, uh, the widow can get a, uh, a modest monthly stipend um, and it, um, like any other pension benefit, is, is subject to reduction based on their other monthly income. So if uh, if you are eligible for the 1400 a month uh, pension stipend as a, as a widow and you have $1,000 in Social Security disability benefits, then you get the difference. So uh, they would take away the 1000 they would give you the, the 400 to go with your Social Security. So you, you get the difference between your other income and the cap is the way that works. Gotcha. You know, it's uh, from what I learned from you is that uh, the the VA actually has quite a bit of different programs. In fact, it seems like they have a, uh, so many programs that a lot of people don't get to access them all because not only in this case here we're talking about the spouse getting uh, benefits uh, after the veteran has passed away, but there are some cases where there's like uh, benefits for, if I remember correctly, college age kids as well? Yes. Yes, that's true, Bert. Um, if you're at the 100% rated level, uh, your, uh, your children are eligible for payments toward their college education. Wow. Okay. That's exceptional. 
the, the other one that's, that's kind of in the air right now, um, Senator Tester from Montana, who is uh, chairman of the uh, Veterans Committee in the Senate, has uh, vowed that this year Congress is going to push through a new bill. And what that, what that would do is say you are a veteran and you were zipping along, you put in 10 years, you plan to be in for 20, but you get your back messed up and they medically retire you. Now, you're not going to be able to get in the minimum 20 years for a uh, military retirement. And up until now, in most cases, there, there is an exception, but in most cases, if you get uh, retirement pay and you get VA benefits, the VA reduces the benefit by the amount of the retirement pay so that you don't get double, you don't get the double dip in effect. Gotcha. What, what Senator Tester is, um, has all but promised he will push through the Senate and the House this year is a provision that would change that so that if you are medically retired, you can get both benefits. You can get both your retirement pay and you can get your veterans benefits uh, for your injuries or disabilities. Now, understand that's, uh, that's not something that's law now. That's, uh, that's what uh, Senator Tester is, uh, is saying. He's, uh, he's got the votes to push through and Bless him. I hope he does. Right. I, I, you know, I don't. I don't count on anything uh, coming out of Washington these days. But um, Tester's got a uh, a very good record, and if he says he's got the votes, he probably has. So I'm I'm hopeful that that will pass um, within the year. Uh, you you never know, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, yeah. All right. So last but not least, I want to ask you this: uh, as a veteran. Do I need a lawyer to help me get my VA benefits? Well, you know, that's like all these others. It depends. Um, what, what I tell people pretty consistently is, look, if you think you have a pretty straightforward claim, go ahead, file your claim, see what the VA does. If you're one of the lucky folks that gets granted within a few months, bless you, you're, you're done. If, on the other hand, the VA comes back and says, no, we don't think you've proved that this is an act of the service, or more commonly, uh, well, not more commonly, but frequently, the VA comes back and says, okay, uh, yep, you're right, you've got a disability and we'll rate it at 10%, when in fact, your disability is pretty severe and it should have been rated at 40, 50, 60%. So um, what I encourage people to do is apply See what happens, and if you get turned down, then it's time to get some serious help. And, you know, we, uh, we obviously track our statistics. And the one thing that I think really stands out in our numbers, if you compare our numbers to, uh, you know, non-attorney representatives or other attorneys, we, we win about the same percentage at the at the Board of Veterans Appeals as anybody else, about 40%. And the place that our numbers are really different from other people's, most of the ones that 
don't get granted at the board um, get remanded. Now, I mention that because if you get your claim remanded at the board, what that means is your claim stays alive and you have the opportunity to offer more evidence to support it and ultimately to win it. And the difference between our numbers and most other representatives is that we very rarely get claims outright denied at the board. Mostly they get remanded and we just keep pushing it until we finally get to the right result. But the um, the other thing um, that I wanted to mention is that when people get denied at the board, um, there are alternatives. There is a, the possibility of an appeal to the court or a supplemental claim, uh, both of which can allow for keeping the same effective date back when you filed the claim. And we've had very good success getting those cases that were denied at the board uh, remanded and at least get the opportunity to have another crack at it. And that's the, the, uh, the biggest difference between our numbers and, and most other people's numbers. Um, it doesn't do much for the folks who say, well, you know, I can't wait three more years to get my benefits. Well, you know, um, if the VA turns you down, you really don't have a lot of other options. But, you know, that's right. just how it is. Some, pe some people, unfortunately, just feel like if they can't get the benefits quickly, it's not worth the fight and they should give up, which is sad, but it happens. But mostly, if people will stay with us, we will eventually get them their benefits back to the date they filed. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's one of those things that um, I can see a veteran feeling betrayed, disenfranchised. You know, you, you, you literally put your life out on the limb for your country. You're coming back. To them, it's a slam dunk case. They know they have issues. And now you're telling me that I'm going to have to wait two, three, five, ten years? That, it, you know, I could see where a veteran would feel it's not worth it. I've done all this, and now they don't believe me, or, or now they're not, you know, keeping their promise. So I could see them getting discouraged. And, and the reality is it takes somebody like yourself who is willing to hold their hand through the process and, and just keep encouraging them to stay in the fight. Sadly, that's true, Bert. Uh, you know, a lot of people do get discouraged, and, and we can't always convince them that they should stay the course. But mostly uh, we're able to get people to, to hang in there and eventually get their benefits. Uh, I, I wish we could do it for everybody, but some people just they having having this thing hang is just too much for them after a while they, they just can't do it but mostly mostly people stay the course with us excellent excellent francis jackson thank you so much for taking care of our vets thank you so much for stopping by today we're out of time but it's always good to have you here my friend my pleasure bert you take care of yourself Absolutely. Good stuff there from Francis Jackson. Check out VeteransBenefits.com. VeteransBenefits.com. Do me a favor. Let's support our troops. Let's share this episode with everyone you know, even though they may not even need it. 
they might know of a friend of a friend who needs the help, even if they're currently active and, you know, they just started their career. Let them know about VeteransBenefits.com. They are in the circle of people who are going to need help. And the work that Francis and his team does is outstanding. Um, he literally changed the lives of thousands of vets. So let's share this episode with everyone you know. Remember, you were created to succeed.